Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I am Rich Levine. We have a lot to talk about on today's show. We have some realistic trade targets. We're going to talk about Jason Tatum's defense. We'll also answer a few listener questions from Twitter.com. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's at Winning Plays Pod. Shout out to CLNS Media as always. Shout out to betonline.ag. And guys, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Boston visits Philly later tonight. Celtics are coming off consecutive losses to the Wizards and Spurs somehow. And uh, Brian Robb, our resident Celtics beat writer, know it's been a tough stretch, but man, I I, 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 I toyed with, with, with calling you out on this, but did you really need to throw that bear can onto the court last night? I mean, I know this is a, it's a rough stretch, but man, that was a little much. Well, first of all, Rich, that was not me, and uh, the first thing I did once I saw that was text Mike if he was in the garden. Um, on <laughs> once I saw it was a truly a can of truly booze, I thought it might be Mike. No, but in all seriousness, that was I actually saw that happen, and it was very scary from the sense that it came from the three hundred level, and that's a very long way. So, like, it clearly, I mean, I don't know if they're going to stop selling cans at the garden or whatever now after this. They'll probably do something to. Was it now full? That this has happened. It looked very full. You could see stuff like flying out of it as it was like falling to the floor. But oh, wow. um, yeah, definitely uh, they got the guy luckily, and he's probably going to be. Apparently, he was on probation already. So uh, what a legend! Exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> oh my god, welcome back to jail, dude. Imagine if you're la- the last Celtics game you're ever allowed to attend was that horrible game against the Spurs. It's a pretty depressing way to go out. Yeah, that's uh, really going off. Uh, on a sour note there, but uh, we're going to look away from the ugliness of that. And uh, I, with, I kind of wanted to do this ahead of the curve here. We still have uh, a little under a month to go to the trade deadline. And you hear all these, these big names being floated around the trade market that um, as far as the Celtics are concerned, I feel like just are not uh, feasible at all, whether it's the, the Kevin Loves or the Andre Drummonds of the world. So what I thought would be a good idea for us to do here, guys, was to look at a team that that has some clear holes in the Celtics despite uh, a surprising start to the year. And they have some capital to, to fill those holes with in terms of trade, whether it's a late first-round pick, whether it's some young pieces that are at the end of the bench. Um there's clearly ways to add to this team without taking too much away from it. So uh, given 
the salary restrictions, which I would say would be, you know, roughly $8 million players or less. Um, I wanted all of us to kind of figure out some intriguing trade targets for this team going into the next month here. And I feel like you go in all sorts of directions here. So I want to start with Mike here because I'm curious to see, you know, not just who it is, but what type of a need you think uh, this team needs to fill right now, potentially. Wow, starting with me, huh? Yeah. Honored. <laughs> um, well, so every time we talk about what the Celtics need, it's usually big men. Uh, I I think they, they definitely could use a, another rim-protecting presence, uh, someone who can guard Joel Embiid for sure. But I'm going a little bit different here. I'm, I'm, I'm going for someone who can slide up to the four, guard multiple positions, uh, is a veteran, has played in big games, and it's not very sexy, and I don't even know what you would need. I mean, the team that has him currently would probably give him to you, but I'm going with Damari Carroll, San Antonio Spurs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, 2020 right that's the, that's the year we're in currently <laughs> <laughs> i mean considering who i'm going to say next that like it'll be a joke that i said that but anyways so wh- wh- when's it, the last time he is he playing in san antonio he's, he's, he's out of the rotation playing. in san antonio despite signing a three-year deal with them uh very... they gave away per chance to, to, to sign him right well, well, to yeah, sign well Mook. they yeah, signed exactly. Mook, right I mean, he, but he was like already committed to before that deal uh, right so the way I, I mean, the benefits here, he's owed, I think, let's say $13.6 million through 2022. But I feel like that contract, he's 33 years old. I feel like that contract is one of those salaries that the Celtics could get off of and potentially be beneficial to them in the future for trades. I look at it like that. I look at it like, I, I mean, he's a career 36% three-point shooter. Uh, he can guard fours. He's versatile. It's, I mean, it's slim. We should, I should have prefaced this by saying it's slim pickings with this, this money range. (laughs) I mean, mean, I'm not trying to like act like his agent right now, but hasn't been able to play in San Antonio for whatever reason. They haven't, he's been fallen out of favor there. Uh, I think you could get him for cheap. I think he could help you. Uh, What what do you guys think about this? Rich, I'll give it to you. Crickets. No, no. (laughs) I, I actually kind of like this if you're getting something with him but uh we'll uh rich you yeah go i mean i just i just don't know so he can guard the four we're, we're giving him that sure he did last he, year he did last year and he and he and he's got some range right from three-point land when when, mm-hmm. when he's on the court um he's got some experience he was he played a big part on that atlanta team that uh at least made the playoffs but i don't know I, I, it doesn't excite me that's for sure like if that's the, if that's the move as we're talking about something that's going to maybe put the celtics over the top the idea of, of bringing in DeMar Carroll does not uh, excite me. I don't think say that, that. I don't think that move exists, though. Maybe you yeah, guys no, will throw a, 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 a name out there that changes my mind, but I haven't, I, like, I, don't, I think I'm more subdued when it comes to the trade market for this team this season. No, I mean, this, the, the only downfall of this deal, Mike, I like, I mean, you're, you're buying low here, which is a, a very good idea for a guy that is clearly, you know, should at least have something left in the tank. It may. I, I understand why he's out of the rotation with the Spurs. The Spurs just has, have so much good bench talent, like good young bench talent, that like you could see why they're not bothering with this guy. They have um, one of the best benches in the league. Yeah, right. Like um, that, as we saw on Wednesday night when they uh, 
shellac the Celtics. But um, yeah, the the seven million, you know, for I think it's only partially guaranteed for the third year. So I would honestly say like you could you could potentially just like get an asset out of like get a second round pick for taking on this contract from the Spurs or something like that. I feel like yeah, um, that's a good call as part of the deal, just to be like okay, we're gonna we're gonna take this guy off your books because you don't need him and um but it's not going to break our our payroll and we can you know if he has something left in the tank he can clearly help us um but it's yeah, not he's only, only 33 yeah only 33 only played 135 minutes this year but was clearly a a big part of the the, the nets last year um you know playing 25 minutes a game for them and uh you know career 36 36 percent from three i mean it's kind of like jay crowder i feel like this is I'm I, sure we'll be talking who, about Jake Crowder in I mean, this conversation. Who, who do you like who's who's the better player right now out of these two guys? Yeah, I would say go, Crowder just based on what we've seen, right? I would go Crowder for various reasons, yeah. Yeah. So but Crowder's probably gonna be more expensive. Like you're gonna have to give something to get Crowder. Mm-hmm. This is a guy I like Mike in the sense like you're not gonna have to give up anything to get this guy. Like you would just have to match the money and then maybe you could get something out of it. Um but Nice. That that was a guy that was not on my radar at all, but definitely makes sense. Yeah, look, he went. See, I said Land. He went deep into the playoffs with Toronto as well, playing thirty minutes a game. Um, so he's got the experience, but you you have zero expectation bringing him in. But if you can get him for almost nothing, maybe it's worth a chance. Yeah, I'm only taking him for nothing. Like that's. I guess you have to matching the seven million dollars is like not tricky, but you'd have to give up. You know what? Like Vincent and. Um, you know, someone. The problem is, you might have to give up someone in order to get him from a from a money standpoint, just to make the money work. But do you think that the Celtics would be willing to part with Carson Edwards in a deal like this? I he's definitely on my radar of guys that would I would not be shocked to see dealt, um, especially with how Tremont Waters has looked um, as a guy who's can kind of just it's a different type of player, obviously, but someone who's going to have a roster spot in this team next year. Um, oh, yeah, they love him. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think – I think they're still high on Edwards internally. I f- still think they think it's going to come around with him. But as far as players that – like, who do you think is more likely to go somewhere at the trade deadline, like Edwards or, like, Shemi, in terms of just, uh, like, the money filler aspect of any deal? I would imagine that teams would want Shemi more than they would Carson Edwards. I mean, the contract is more desirable and that it's shorter, and he – plays i think positionally it's obviously more attractive as well so i would i would guess shemmy rich what do you think yeah i probably go go that way too just be guarding multiple multiple positions if, if carson edwards if he's not if he's not hitting his shot he he's he can't play um until so he can get a little bit more consistency and maybe that's why he spent most of his time uh up in maine but until then i guess you go with a guy who has a little bit more proven track record can be a little bit more uh versatile um and Jan Shemmy had the show. He's had he's had glimpses this year. You know, it's kind of disappeared a little bit again. But um, I guess I don't know. I, I, I that would be a tough decision for Greg Popovich. I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Thirty-seven percent from three for Shemmy this year. Surprisingly, that's um, like that's one of the best on the team. Unfortunately, right. <laughs> given, given like, recent events, he's the best bench shooter, which is not a good sign uh, for this team right now. Is Marcus Mark going to get under under thirty again? Is he is he going to ca- catch fire before he dips back to twenty nine? We're approaching the. We're approaching that number really quickly right now. Uh, I'm so glad you brought up Marcus Smart. Can I? I have something to say about Marcus Smart. 
Preach. The the uh, Marcus Smart Appreciation Night that was on television. What what the hell was that? <laughs> what, why? I saw it on I saw it on Twitter. I didn't I didn't really catch much of the, the TV. Why the whole game? They're doing this Marcus Smart like he's the first player to get twenty ten five and five in an NCAA tournament game. He's career number blah 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 threes career number. It's like they were putting up all these graphics during the game. I'm like. What are we? What are we doing here? Like, why? Why are we appreciating him in this weird Spurs game that they're getting blown out as? Can we abandon ship on this 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 marketing idea? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's a it's a big a big attempt to go viral. That maybe uh, it was terrible. Didn't, <laughs> didn't get off maybe the ground. Just, just schedule it against the bad teams. Those kind of nights, I feel like don't schedule. Or them you know, Spurs. after he retires, how about that? <laughs> what are we doing? Well, <laughs> he'll like, need three. He'll need three nights, like Dwayne Wade for sure. Thirty-six for nights. Um, but yeah, that was yeah. They had one for Kemba earlier in the year, but that made sense when you like it was like going to Charlotte. Like okay, that that makes sense. The 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 random January and Wednesday for Marcus Martin night was obviously was not good timing with how that game went on <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday night. But I'm ready for Vincent night. <laughs> yeah, his first injury a broken left pinky. Um, Just, all right, I'll go. I'll go with mine. And speaking of uh, timely players, I know I made that joke about 2020. I'm going to go with the 2011 NBA MVP. <laughs> Um, Mr. Wow. Derek Rose. Mm. I, and obviously this one's made a little bit more complicated. You got some egos involved. You got, I, don't, I mean, he's, he's certainly getting a lot of playing time in Detroit um, and doing pretty well with it. Uh, when he comes here, he's not going to have that, that, that free reign to, to, to be Derek Rose. He can't really shoot three-pointers. But there's something about having a guy like that off the bench, if he's willing to do it. At a time in his career now, maybe he wants to play for a title. He wants to, you know, to put everything else aside. Uh, I kind of like the idea of bringing in a veteran like that who could uh, give you that pop off the bench in those nights where, where nothing else is going, like we've seen the last two nights. I like yeah. this. B-Rob, you want to go? You wanna yeah, no, I, 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 you know, you teased this last episode, Rich, and it intrigued me. As and well I thought then. Pino was going to steal it with his first one. I'm glad, I'm glad you went with Carol instead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Rose, again, making reasonable money under contract for this year and next year at, you know, just over $7 million. So you don't have to like a, a Vincent Ojale and a first round pick could get it done. Um, and I know we have to say goodbye to Vincent. I mean, I know you're probably any, any deal you make, you're saying goodbye to Vincent. I think that okay. this is going to be the role um, for based on the, the salary structures right now, but he, you just look at the way the the regression of the bench has been going lately. I feel like you know Wanamaker has fallen back to earth. Smart, you know, we already talked about his three point shooting. Uh, he's obviously coming back from that eye infection that you know clearly took a lot out of him. But uh, his offensive uh, play has really dropped off lately, and there's really no like great driving great kick threats. And Rose is averaging, you know, he's been averaging 18 a game for the last two years now. Um, he obviously can't play big minutes, but you wouldn't need him to do that here, Mike. And um, I don't like the Celtics could clearly use a guy in this Oak off the bench to, despite his flaws, I feel like. So when I, I, I wrote this thing recently at SB nation about the Pistons and their need to blow it up. And a lot of it was about Rose and the fact that he can potentially be the only, I mean, I think he might be the only positive asset contract on that team. Uh, what I th- from the Celtics' perspective in pursuing him, I am fascinated by the idea of trading for someone like that who 
can help a rival because I feel like mm. he would be very valuable to the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, even the Milwaukee Bucks, if they had interest in getting another secondary playmaker. And then there's a lot of, uh, or a, a third playmaker. And then there's a, a couple teams that are contenders in the Western Conference. If you were to, it's obviously less of a concern, but. Are you going to call Lakers a contender right now? That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if the, well, if they get Derrick Rose, we have to. It's a totally different conversation. Sure, yeah, that so, changes the game. Yeah, so uh, I wonder, like, do you guys think that front offices? Obviously, you're not. I would imagine that you're not going to give up a first round pick for something like this, and the the off chance that you even play a team like you even play. There's no guarantee you play Philly in the playoffs. I mean, you're probably going to play one of those two, but uh, or even that they have a significant interest. So, what do you guys think about that? Just uh, philosophically. Uh, I like. I mean, it's, it's go ahead, Rich. I was gonna say I don't, I don't think I don't think Danny would ever do something like I don't think he has that in mind. It's always been been he always does what's best for the Celtics. You know, the same way I said this before. Like he he enabled the Pistons to get Rasheed Wallace back in the day. He enabled the 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 Cleveland to to get LeBron back by taking on some some of the salary. I think he's just I think he has the Celtics in mind. Um, and if the Sixers are gonna make a move for Derrick Rose, I don't think that. I don't know. I guess maybe if it comes down to adding a one more little piece, maybe he takes into consideration. But I don't think it's on the top of his priorities when considering whether to, to bring someone in or not bring someone in. Yeah, I mean, I think that's clear, Rich. That's been his philosophy for just based on how, you know, with obviously mixed results in, la- in yeah, more sure. recent times. But that's, but that's, understand, that's a good philosophy to have in general. I feel like um, throughout his career, it's it's clearly... Uh, done him well, but I do think that now in the like just this new landscape of the NBA, like that should factor in maybe a little bit more, because um, things are so tight in the East. I feel like particularly, and you know the like especially like a team like the Sixers, they desperately need a guy like this. Like even when Trey Burke plays big minutes for them, it looks like a different team at times. So like you get a legit point guard in there uh, that they don't have to give much up for, then that's that could be a real problem for you. So, I mean, with Rose, the question with him always too is like defensively, are you going to be able to like? He's been he bad. Was, he's been pretty bad there. So, is that you know, is Brad going to trust him there? And and I'm not positive. That'd be by the only way I kind of steer clear of it being like if, especially if you still have Cantor around, like having him playing him and Cantor together defensively, I feel like would you know make Brad you know bang his head against the wall yeah <laughs> he's also like playing predominantly on ball and on the celtics if he were to play 20 minutes a game he's not playing on the ball uh, a majority of that time so i don't know about the fit necessarily with the celtics i think the fit is so much better in some other places uh but he's having a ridiculously good year and he's a six man of the year maybe a front runner it's like harrell him lou will i'm probably i'm blanking on someone else um but yeah he's 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 been he's been terrific this season so uh that's a pretty good call by you rich thanks man anytime (laughs) um all right i'm gonna go with another less sexy name here but someone who I feel like will be available for pretty cheap. Um, hasn't played much this year uh, due to injury, but 
is a sharpshooter that this team could certainly use, and that's Reggie Bullock. Um, he is with the Knicks right now, uh, only making $4 million a year in a two-year deal. And he was out. He actually had his, his, his contract reworked in the offseason because they found some type of injury that forced him to miss the first two months. But He had spinal he, surgery. Spinal surgery. I know not realize it was that serious. But, it was um, pretty bad. Pretty bad. But he's back. He's played five games uh, for the the reeling Knicks. Uh, 39% career shooter from three. Um, just, again, just, a, just a, a spacer. Just someone that this bench unit doesn't really have right now that can reliably knock down open threes. Isn't going to be looking to do much more than that. Um, can't really create too much. Uh, and I don't Mike, I, I can't speak too much on his defense, but I feel like he's not... He's not a big liability in that department, I feel like. Um, he's obviously, it's not a huge plus for him, given the money he's making, but as someone for 15 or 20 minutes a night, I don't think he would hurt you too much there. It, yeah, I mean, defense is definitely not what he's known for. When you were looking at the Knicks roster, did you also consider Wayne Ellington? I did, but he's making twice as much money. So you'd have to... I thought he was give, down... I thought it was seven. Maybe I'm... It's eight. Is it more than that? It's eight million. So oh, okay. you'd have to give up... Carson Edwards in a deal like that and I just don't know if like if Ellington's or Cantor obviously and I don't think you know it's worth giving up either of those guys for I mean Ellington could even be bought out we'll see he's just been doing nothing for them um Bullock is yeah I feel like getting a three-point shooter would be a good call for sure um is it that different than semi shemi yeah, oh he's, yeah, he's definitely a better shooter than Shemi. Like he's, you know, test. He's taking five threes a game, you know, or four threes a game throughout his whole career and shooting thirty nine percent. So like, and those are on some bad teams. So, I would think with the kind of looks he could get in Boston, um, it would be he'd be elite in that front. It'd just be, can he do everything else well enough to stay on the floor? And it wouldn't even have to be for that long that you're asking him to stay on the floor, I guess. Too. Right. Right. You're talking about a 15-minute-a-game role. And then I feel like, I don't know, like, I don't know if the Knicks would take. You could be like, all right, we'll get – the money is so short here that you could just give up Vincent and then some kind of a, you know, second-round pick or something like that. The, I feel like that could the, be – The thing about the Knicks right now, which is very Knicks-like, is that they don't want to uh, acquire future assets anymore. <laughs> So, uh, like, all reports right now are that they want to not be buyers, but they want to keep everything together and be competitive through, for the end of the season and then be competitive, quote-unquote, major air quotes, competitive next season so that they are an attractive destination in 2021. So, basically, they learned absolutely nothing from right. last summer. Uh, it's why... So, I, I just... I bring that up in relevance because the asking price for Reggie Bullock might just be ridiculous. Yeah. If it's a first round pick, you're going to say no, obviously. So, um, yeah, like if, I guess if it's, if the Knicks are being stupid, then you have to move on, I guess, but that's <laughs> all right. Well, guys, while, while we're talking about the Knicks being stupid, let me remind you that the NFL division round is here and you can follow all the lines at betonline.ag. On Saturday, six seed Minnesota heads West to San Fran while Tennessee visits Baltimore as a heavy underdog. On Sunday, Houston takes on KC, and Seattle heads into the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, where the Packers are a four-point favorite. 
Will we see another round of major upsets? Before the next kickoff, head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code, that's CLNS50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bring the playoffs home with our exclusive sportsbook partner, BetOnline. That was a very punchy uh, read they had us do. Very specific as well. Anyways, Mike Pina, who's, who's your next guy? So my next one is, uh, it's not for this year, although he can play this year, but it's primarily a future play. And with the fact that your core is what your core is. And it is Mo Bamba. Mm. Mm. And Mo Bamba is not good. And <laughs> I'm out. I'm in. Yeah, he. I've watched a lot of Magic games because I'm. I'm trying to do the story on them, and it's you know he he has this terrible habit of setting a ball screen and then popping, and either DJ Augustine or Markel Fultz has to. They tell him repeatedly to roll, and it's it's a little. It's discouraging because he is so massive. His wingspan is seven ten. He's just got an absurd freakish body that I know the Celtics were attracted to uh, uh, in the the pre-draft process. It hasn't worked out in Orlando. Uh, I don't think he would be a factor, uh, you know, this year in the playoffs. I doubt that he could play in a big game, uh, particularly defending someone like Joel Embiid. It It would be terrible. But I feel like as a prospect, if you could get him for a team that wants to win right now and wants to stay as competitive as possible, this is a buy-low situation that could be very... It could yield uh, a lot of of good times ahead, I feel like. What are you giving up for him, Mike, if you're the Celtics? I'm intrigued. I would... hmm. What I'm about to say I know is an overpay, but... That's okay. It's probably going to take an overpay to get them to consider it. I yes. Think. And it may not even be enough. But I would give uh, Cantor and the Bucks pick. No, I think that's a reasonable offer. I don't think that's an overpay. Um, I feel getting... like if you put the... Like, we talked about the Memphis pick yep. last time, and... Memphis might just make the playoffs. I, I was telling you guys this. I know it's it's pretty crazy. Um, they're good. They're just good. Unless you tell them, unless, okay. Let's not unless, go. Let's not go crazy. Jaw, unless Jaw takes like a shot to the kneecaps or something like that, then they're they're making the playoffs or not making the playoffs, but they're they're going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. Well, it could be really interesting if they consider themselves buyers at the trade market, which is possible. Um, but either way, that pick is you know if it's out of the lottery then whatever i don't think that it would be the craziest thing to move it but you don't know you don't know if they're going to make the lottery and then anything could happen in the lottery uh, and then that could be an unrestricted or an unprotected pick next year and so on so including it for someone like bomba who's been so disappointing i don't think that that is the smart play i think that the pick is still more valuable but Bamba is really fascinating, and what he'll be in two, three years could be just, I mean, he has a defensive player of the year type of body, so I don't know. It's 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 a little, it's tough. Tough to so figure you, out. You said Bucks pick. Did you mean Grizzlies pick? No, I meant the Bucks pick. 
Okay, so you're just saying like I'm just bringing if, up the, if we bring the, up like yeah. they're gonna they're gonna because I feel like it Grizzlies. wouldn't be enough. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna ask for the Grizzlies pick, and then they're probably gonna be like no. Um, yeah, Rich, do I'm curious with like Cantor in general with this whole trade equation heading into the deadline because I still think for as good as he's been, I still think at least like there is a divided faction online of people who are like he is so bad on defense that. He just is not going to be trusted against good teams in the playoffs. So, like, why bother? Like, go try to find someone you can at least play on defense. Like, and this, again, and you could get conceivably some value for him um, in a deal like this. What do you, like, do you feel like that makes any sense at all? Or do you feel like, you know, or is Bamba someone you'd want to invest in for the long term, do you feel like? Right. I mean, I guess it depends like where, what, what the scope is. Like, are we talking about competing this year? We keep, we keep saying that the, the league is wide open right now and now is the time to strike. And like, you know, Obama doesn't make you better this year, right? Nope. No. No. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I'd probably want to roll with Cantor. If it's if it's Cantor or Bamba, I mean maybe there are some other guys that can that can move the needle a little bit, and I guess that's you know you get rid of Cantor, you're you're putting a lot of pressure. And Tice has been fantastic; he's exceeded all of our expectations, even yours, B-Rob, and you probably had higher ones than than we did. But uh, putting all your eggs in his basket to stay healthy maybe makes me a little bit uneasy. But to a uh, no, it's a, if if you get rid of Cantor, now you're counting on Tice to, oh, yeah. to stay healthy in order to have a big man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would I would listen to anything, but I'm I'm not one of those guys necessarily that's that down on Cantor. I wouldn't be shocked if he's if he's moved, but um, I, you know, given everything else, I think I'd be all right with rolling with him. Um, my second guy, I'm deciding between two to to name, but what do you think it would take to get uh, Joe Harris from the Nets? They're not. Uh, they would. Uh, they're not going to give up Joe Harris. No way. He's like a free he, agent I next year. I, they, they're going to resign him <laughs> they'd ask you for the memphis pick and you'd tell them to go screw you think that they'll be able to you don't think harris will maybe get more than the nets are, are willing to to give him next year wait given... first of all i think that that's really interesting that you think the net the wait did you say the, the grizzlies pick i think that's what the nets would be asking for for joe harris and you'd say go screw you th- okay yeah i think that that's more of a conversation to be honest I mean, I see Joe Harris play a lot, and I like a lot about his game. And, you know, having one of the best three-point shooters in the league is pretty good. On this team, with what, you'd, with what you'd need him to do on this team, especially. Yeah, I mean, he'd you be know. fantastic on this team, obviously. Uh, like, he can play in the playoffs. And he he's, like, scrappy, too. He's not just, a like, a one-way player. Um, and he can put it on the floor, and he can he can do some things. And so, I don't know. I mean, if I was a Celtics, honestly, and that was a... A, a conceivable situation a conceivable scenario i would probably part ways with given how the memphis grizzlies have looked i would probably think about parting ways with that pick for someone like joe harris yeah i mean it's i just feel like from brooklyn's standpoint they are going to need shooting for the next decade so that's they, what i'm saying they're not going they, right, to they, they afford but i do think that i mean they would have to think long and hard about like the memphis pick um i but i don't think either side would conceivably do it um, from that standpoint. It's going to um, be a fascinating market for him. He's going to get paid. Oh, man. Harris yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but now Kyrie's magically okay now. Have you guys seen this today? Like, he's yes. potentially back in a week. Like, that was well, the hero yeah. card, I guess. 
it doesn't seem like it's been the shoulder. <laughs> Let's say that, you know. <laughs> well, we'll find out, but he's going to be coming back at the right time to rescue a team that's lost uh, as of Thursday night, I think seven in a row or something like that. So, um, but yeah, a great, uh, a sharpshooter like that, Rich, uh, I think the Celtics, as the Memphis keeps looking worse and worse, like finding a guy like that, that could be a game changer should be on the table. Like we kind of talked about a little bit last week. Um, and Harris, I think would definitely check that box. Um, all right, I'll go with my second guy here, and then we'll have a quick, you know, speed round or with other intriguing names that we wanted to bring up um, with uh, not as much discussion. And we saw this guy on Wednesday night. Um, just we, I talked about a little about the Cantor situation. Uh, Pirtle, I feel like, in the Cantor role would be fascinating, uh, just since he's such a better defender. And... He obviously has the same limitations offensively. He's not nearly as good of an offensive player, but he's only making $3.7 million. He's playing just, you know, 15 minutes a night for the Spurs in the pretty, you know, top-heavy front court there. And, you know, I think if you offer them a first-round pick for him with him expected to hit free agency this summer with Cantor, you know, they they might think about that. Hmm. You're a fan, Mike, right? He's pretty. He's not bad. I mean, I'm sure they wish they had OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam instead. But <laughs> sure. But uh, no. I mean, he's fine. I I I I'm struggling to imagine him. The thing about whenever I think about trading Cantor is okay. I need someone. If I'm trading him, like, what's the point if I can't get someone who's a better defender on? someone like Joel Embiid and I don't really think it's that significant of a difference to be honest he's I feel like he's a better far better rib protector in general I agree with you on like maybe everyone's gonna be a better like overall (laughs) defender than like I'm not disputing that but like I, I do think the pendulum is swinging too far in the negative for Cantor, especially the fact that he's like playing good basketball. I like I don't, I don't know. No, I mean he definitely is, and but they're, you know, protecting him a lot. I feel like, which makes sense, which is a smart play. Um, I think yeah, I agree with you. There's there's not many guys that are attainable in this price range that would be a, an upgrade on an overall player that Cantor is right now. But I feel like that's one guy that could conceivably be in that mold. Um, but I don't know. It, it, that's what you lose offensively in this deal could, you know, and on, on the offensive glass could, you know, just be just as damaging, I feel like. Also, like, he plays an important role for them that I don't know if they would just want, you know. Yeah, well, you give them Cantor for that. Yeah. So, like, if they want to. <laughs> I mean, they're offensive first anyway, I feel like. So. But maybe Pop would would not be welcoming someone like that into the fold. Uh, we'll say for all the love that Toronto's front office gets, and deservedly so, everyone should be happy that they took uh, Pirtle over uh, Sabonis a couple years back. They'd probably be pretty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. I guess who knows? Maybe you know, so many different things are different if they get Sabonis. Maybe they make that trade anyways. But that was a. Uh, 
I remember when that pick happened, a lot of people were confused because Sabonis ate Pirtle's lunch repeatedly in college. They were in the same conference. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The three guys that were selected before Sabonis in that draft, real quick, Marquise Chris, who's now a a free agent, (laughs) uh, Pirtle, and uh, and Thon Maker. Oof. Wow. Well, (laughs) the draft, no one knows anything. Yep. That Thon Maker deal came out, the pick was out of nowhere, I feel like, at the time. Like, people were like, how did this guy go? The 10th overall pick, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was tough. And then Siakam goes 27th in that draft, and DeJounte Murray goes 29th. It's crazy. No one knows anything, as you said, Mike. Yeah. Is it my turn? It's your turn. We'll Uh, do uh, bonus bonus picks here. I'm going with a different piston. And Mm, Can we guess? (laughs) Sure, you can guess. I think there's two choices here. Okay. You get one guess. I'm going. I'm going Langston Galloway. That's my guess. Yes, you are correct. That is exactly right. Uh, it's basically the same themes that we've been discussing: uh, three-point shooter, really quick release. Uh, he's not really much of a playmaker, and he's pretty small, so defense could be a little bit of an issue. But uh, I just like every time I watch him, like his release is just so fast. Like I don't. It, Very it, pure. Yeah, he's just got a really good stroke and uh really dead-eye accurate three-point shooter and the Celtics don't I mean, who would you say is the Celtics best three-point shooter? It's got to be Kemba, right? Uh yeah, I would say Kemba. Do you guys want to guess who what the Celtics bench is shooting from three-point range collectively this season? 31%. I'm going to guess 20 Ooh. Nine percent, man. That's so insulting, Mike. Because uh, it's actually it's lower. <laughs> it's twenty eight percent. Wow. Woof. Is that so, just because Marcus Smart? Or... I mean, but he's been starting, so this is yeah. like this calculates. You know, just the benches on any given night. So Smart's obviously been smarting, starting a bit too. Mm-hmm. But he's been above that. He's been thirty one percent. I um, think maybe the. I wonder what the numbers are since Grant Williams hit his first three. Right. So, I mean, I think Grant Williams has become the best three-point shooter after his own for 25 slide. Um, If you you can really call that a slide. Um, But, yeah, he's been, you know, I think 35% since then, which is great um, for his long-term development. But, like, Wanamaker has really fallen off. Smart's obviously gone off a cliff. Um, Edwards still can't hit anything. And then no one else just takes three. Like, Javante Green doesn't really take threes because that's not his thing either. So there's just no there is no spacing, no reliable spacing on this bench right now. And uh that I still think that's like that should be target area number 1 of like just some kind of shooter there to to help you know create some offense for that group. So I I just looked it up and Grant Williams since he made his first three is shooting 40% from behind the three-point line hey, on no one, 1.5 attempts per game. That's great. I mean, that's what if he can do that, that's huge. Um, just needs the rest of the bench to kind of fall his lead there. Mike, I'm disappointed you didn't pick uh, Seku Dumbuya. Is he untouchable? Is he the most untouchable <laughs> is, guy in the Pistons? Yeah, he's definitely untouchable. He's the youngest player in the league. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's exciting. Uh, we should mention Bertans, I guess, right? I mean, is there gonna, yeah, is the I mean, bidding war going to get too high on him? You think or? Yeah, I wrote. I wrote three offers at Boston Sports Journal this week that the Celtics could 
conceivably put on the table um, if you guys want to give yes or no's to them. Shoot. Um, yeah, let's do it real quick. One, let's wrap it up with that. One would be Cantor in the Bucks pick. Okay. Another would be Vincent Shemi and the Bucks pick. Uh, and then the third would be Carson, Vincent, Javante, and a couple second rounders. They might say no to that last one if they don't like Carson, because then that's... I like the second one the best. How do we feel about throwing Romeo into one of these deals? No, I don't really want to do mm, that. Too... Too soon? You got you to aim higher, I feel like. Or you can... I. You're not desperate enough to do that. You're not desperate enough to do that. It's a 14th pick. It's, it's like a pride thing. I, I know the like. bench is shooting 28%. <laughs> I know. I agree. I mean, I, oh, desperate, like, I was you, desperate. You, 27%? Right. I mean, you need something, but you have you have other things you can give up before a lottery pick in this first year. Like, they, they clearly have a long-term vision for him. Um, Yabu. And, was Yabu lottery? No, he was 16. Yeah, he was 16, which was 30 picks too high. Can we trade Yabu still? Um, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's... But that that's those are the ones like that work with the money. Um, who knows? I mean, if the Wizards really like them, they might say no to all those. Um, they just might get a better. And there's twenty. And they might get a better teams. offer too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You might get a better first round pick. Um, so that that's a situation that's going to be worth monitoring. I'll throw in a couple other names here before we wrap of just cheap guys um, that are shooters. Alec Burks we've brought up before. Um, Again, having a good year for the Warriors is clearly going to be dealt in some capacity. Only makes one point six million, so you you wouldn't have to give up anything beyond a player and a pick. Um, Damian Dotson of the Knicks is intriguing to me. Like he seems to be a decent shooter that sometimes gets thrown, sometimes doesn't. I like that guy. Um, but I feel like you could. He might be able to give you a burst. And then um, another Nick like. Is Alonzo Trier still buried on their bench? I haven't seen him in a while. Right? So, like... He's a tough wonder, dude. I'd like to have him in the... Kind of more of a... Just a creator more than a shooter, I guess, but... He's like a scorer I, that's more than a shooter, right, I guess. Right. So, like that, and then, um, like, uh, Malik Monk type, who, Charlotte, he's still not really putting up very good numbers down there, but clearly has that kind of potential. I'd be curious to get him in a system that you know where he has some real talent around him. Um, but again, that might not be a guy you can trust in the playoffs anyway. I think they would jump at an opportunity to, to take a chance on on that talent. Whether or not it pans out, you know, it depends on how much they have to give up. But right, talk about giving up on lottery picks early. I think it's probably a little bit early to to give up on Malik. Uh, Mike, do you like Glenn Robinson at all? I, I I just don't think any of these guys are difference makers. So, like, he hasn't really done anything substantial with opportunity in Golden State. So, yeah, I, I just I wouldn't be very interested if I were the Celtics. Well, that's, I guess, the, the common theme in a lot of these names, unfortunately. But that's... <laughs> But that's what the market is right now for what the Seas have to work with. Do we want to answer a couple questions from uh, before we head off from one of our uh, listeners? Let's do it. Yeah, take it, Mike. 
Me? Yeah, well, do, do, you have it, do you have it in front here. of you? So, oh, okay. B-Rub's the this unofficial is from... host organizer. <laughs> we all are. Um, so this was uh, tweeted at us by, at Winning Plays Pod by, by Chi Hardy. Um, and he has two Love questions. You <laughs> uh, he has two questions for us. Number one, what is a Celtic lineup with the current roster you would like to see get some run? Um. And the second question is, is Tatum a legit all-defense guy, possibly second team? Um, so Pina, ask, ask that first one. I was looking at the, the five-man lineups. Is, is your favorite lineup not even in the top 20? Has that not happened yet this year? So someone else talk. I'm actually rapidly looking this up right now, and I will get back to you in about 10 seconds. Well, the, the line, I'll say it very slowly. The, the lineup I'm referring to is, is Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Marcus Smart. So ba- basically, your your five best players, regardless of position, centerless basketball. We still agree that those are the, the five fat. best players, right? Yeah, but Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cantor. Yeah, no, those those, those are my five best. Um, but yeah, I was looking at I was looking at the list today. B Rob, do you have any any insight on that? Like, that's what's missing. Yeah. So this has been. I mean. To be fair, as well, like that group has not been healthy more than like eight games this year. I feel like together, Man, that's crazy. Kind of crazy. Um, but but Brad Stevens has been asked about that group um, at press conferences and recently, it kind uh, fairly recently, like maybe a couple weeks ago, whenever it like last showed up. I feel like, uh, and he kind of gave a sense of like, yeah, it's our best group. I don't know how much you're gonna see it. Um, just from the standpoint, I think he's. I don't know whether he's worried about whether guys are going to get beat up, you know, in terms of the front court matchups there, or Ooh. wanting to, to to hide it, if you will, until you know you really need it. Unleash which, it for the playoffs, right? Which is, I mean, we talked about that last year, but that didn't really work. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure what the if that's a really good thought process, but um, yeah, I, I would I would definitely like to see it more, Mike. But I don't know if we are going to get a healthy diet of it. Yeah. So looking it up on cleaning the glass. They've played 23 possessions with this lineup so far. So basically they haven't played this lineup. And the numbers in that those 23 possessions are super positive, but uh, you can't really take anything fundamental away from them. Uh, I, just, I mean, we've, I've spoken about this lineup at, ad nauseum, I feel like, before the season started. I love it to death. I, I actually think that you need to trot it out before the playoffs. You can't, like... These are human beings. Like, if they don't, I guess in practice, maybe you could be rolling with it a little bit. But like, you, you got to develop chemistry. I feel like in a game, game type setting with uh, like real juices flowing and real stakes. So I would like to see it after the All Star break if everybody's healthy. Uh, you know, I recently wrote this story today actually about the Oklahoma City Thunder and how their three point guard lineup is one of the best. Uh, basically one of the best trios in the league if not the best and they just close halves and they close games and they play a little bit in the third quarter but like like obviously Steven Adams is usually in that lineup so it's a little different in terms of the the front court size but being unconventional for the sake of uh, getting your best players on the court who do complement one another I feel like is worth it and I would really love to see this lineup play more minutes than it has 
Yeah, and you talk about real game scenario, especially in this where like the, the the level of help defense that would I assume would be involved in trotting out that five would have to be pretty complex and uh, and airtight. So that's the sort of thing you'd really want to get some reps out there in in real time and see and see what it takes. Just wait, play play them against the Cavs, like the Spurs. It couldn't be any worse than last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kemba couldn't stick around for that party, unfortunately. But, uh... Do you think they would have used it last night? You know, it's not against Aldridge, no. Hmm. Not with Aldridge out there, but maybe, I think, against teams, like maybe, I mean, we're recording this before the Sixers game. Maybe we'll see against Horford at the five tonight. I could see it coming out there. Um, but that is, it's definitely something that you'd expect to see more of as everyone gets kind of their fully healthy here. Uh, the other question was about Tatum. Uh, being an all defensive guy, I would say not yet, but it would not shock me if it happens a couple years down the road. Um, he's, he's definitely had his moments on defense. He's, it's definitely like, he's a far better all round defender. I feel like than Jalen Brown right now. Um, just when you factor in, you know, off ball stuff and, you know, not making mental miscues. Uh, but there are still lapses there that, uh, kind of will keep him, out of the ring of that but the the ceiling is there and i think that's the most in, the important part. i think he might be the most underrated defender in the entire nba Ooh. pop was talking him up last night too what was he saying on i net. saw some of the quotes but what 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 is the gist? yeah he was pretty much just like you know he can be there's not a lot of two-way guys in this league but he's got a chance of being one of them and just talked about how he went after him for on defense this summer at team usa and it's clearly clearly worked so I'll say there will be some spots open. You know, usually that you know you get that one year, the all D, and you get it for a few. But like, by the way, I totally forgot that Eric Bledsoe was first team all defense last year. I yikes, blocked that out. So that's open. You figure. Uh, I don't think Clay Thompson's going to get the second team nod this year. Uh, same for Draymond. There will be some openings. You know, that's Drew, Drew, Drew Holiday is probably a, a lifetime appointee at this point, at least for the next couple of years. Um, but. But yeah, there will be some spots. I mean, I think Anthony Davis is probably <laughs> earning his way onto the uh, the first team. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 nice that we're even having this conversation. Who would have thought? Like even last year at this time, it's it's just like it it ups your value as a player so much when you are not trash on the defensive end. Like his reputation and his ceiling is entirely dependent on his ability to create bucket get buckets and do it efficiently. Uh, and you know, create his own shot in all these different situations and make plays for other people. But like, if he was trash on the defensive end, he would never come close to being that top, legitimate best player on a championship contender that that he can be. Nice. I think we should wrap it up. We should get, we should reward anyone who's made it this far into the podcast and give uh, some some brave uh, predictions for tonight's Philly Celtics game, since everyone will be listening to this after the fact. <laughs> or most likely i mean maybe they'll they'll catch it beforehand but what do you think the, the celtics finally get their first win against philly with them beat out i think they win this game's in, this Mike. game's in philly in, in philly. philly no MB. second night of a back-to-back second night of a five third, and seven yep three and four five and seven as it as it always happens before the philly game i think the sixers win and i also think that uh ben simmons is the best player on the floor not Al Horford? Not Al Horford, no. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with, with Philly as well, unfortunately. Got a got a, a bad vibe. I mean, I, and I think the Celtics bounce back from it. I don't think it's very indicative of anything that's going to 
happen uh, for the rest of the year. But for tonight, I think uh, I think they fall. It's basically not a back to back for Kemba. So it's true. They did keep the minutes down. Yeah. Yeah. You just had like a like a, a run through, a walk through sure. last night. I have Look one more trade guy. I have one more trade guy who ties into Philly that I want to bring okay. up before I forget. Because he's fallen out of favor in his new home. What do you think would Sarge intrigue you guys at all? Yes, he would. He's making like two million too, right? He's making yeah, he's making three million dollars. He's like he's restricted, so you could you know, the market could squeeze him. And he's like playing like five or ten minutes a night for Phoenix now. He's clearly fallen out of favor there. And I don't know, like he he's a stretch big and he's he looked good in the playoffs with Philly back in the day. He was like, their he best was player. One of the few guys. Yeah, he like showed up in one of the few guys that showed up every night for them in that series. So like I would happily give up a, I mean, you're not giving up the Memphis pick for him, but I would happily give up uh one of your first rounders and a rookie that Phoenix likes to to get him in here because that's a guy I feel like you could play and could add a lot to your team in a number of different ways. Still only twenty five years old. I mean who knows, right? Right. Yeah, I, that's a really good again. that's a really good call. I'm upset that I didn't have him on my list. Like He's the actual power forward with the size right. that they don't really have anyone on the team at that type of position. So, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Plus, uh, plus he's uh, – I got nothing. I, don't, I guess he's like a good personality <laughs> and a good – Would you take him over DeMar Carroll? That's the question. <laughs> I, I, w- I would take him over DeMar Carroll, yes. But that actually was not as I I joke, but that was wasn't as horrible no, I mean, a suggestion like, as no, as it, it was it was pretty bad. But I also will say it would be nice for or funny for the Celtics to get a former Sixer fan favorite, and then for Dario to outplay Horford in the playoffs. That would be fun. It, it is kind of I mean, I'm here for that. He's played 25 minutes in the last three games total. Um, Yikes! So he is clearly on the outs there right now as they're going with their eight and Baines front line to start games now it looks like and uh what a monster right I don't know, i'd even off i'd offer up canter for him like all right you guys want here's another center um with a first round pick like we'll see it's phoenix so anything's on the table i feel like but that's a call uh, and last thing real quick, in, in two separate seasons, he shot 39% as a 23-year-old in Philly. He shot 38% from three last year in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he's got some range. Definitely got some range. His market will be fascinating this summer um, as a restricted free agent. But, uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to see uh, if he is available uh, in the next month and uh, if he what the Suns could potentially get for him. But... We'll put a wrap on it from there. Uh, the Celtics obviously has a, have another busy week coming up with games every other night. So we'll be checking back in with you guys next week uh, to talk more about the the present, whether the, the ship has been righted, if you will, in after a, a tough stretch. And uh, and then we can taunt about our, or be made fun of for our predictions as well. 